regular, regular features. A regular, regular, regular features. A regular, regular, regular features. A regular features of Sean. Hello and welcome to the Regular Features Podcast, the podcast that is the same every week, which is to say it is delivered very fast at the start. I am joined by... Oh, no, I've stopped and hesitated. Now I've got to carry on much faster. I've got to get faster every time I stop. I've got to go to Steve. Steve, introduce yourself and your feature, please. Hello, my name is Steve Hogarty, and this week I will be bringing you a choose-your-own-adventure based on the recent Perseverance Rover Martian mission, what just literally an hour ago did a landing on Mars. That's how up-to-date and relevant my features are. What I didn't make clear while I was speaking is that no one else has to speak as fast as me. Now, log hum fast can you go? <laughs> I, my ears, the airbags in my ears went off when Steve started talking so slowly. The the, the sheer breaking. <laughs> yeah, log logs on his uh, on his wheelie chair just flew back into the wall behind him. <laughs> hey, it's nothing compared to the G forces experienced by the Perseverance rover as it hit the Martian atmosphere at twelve thousand miles per hour. Thank you very much. Uh, my God, and that's a fact that you didn't research. You just knew that. My feature is about my favourite Yakuza mission. I've been playing Yakuza, and I think that's how you pronounce it. That's how they say it in the game. I have not been saying that for my whole life. And I wonder how many people I've offended by pronouncing it Yakuza. I don't know. And my feature, now that I'm allowed to slow down, because technically that's my part of the intro done, is me trying to extort money from a celebrity and loved one. Three good features, I think, boys. I think, I think you've got a treat ahead of you, so keep those eyes open. And Yeah, we've already recorded it, so I'm saying with certainty this one's a good one. Well worth listening to. Go. Hi, I'm Sam Beckett from Quantum Leap. And Ziggy says, you've got to listen to regular features. And there's a 49% chance of that. Guys. Yeah? The bloody Perseverance rover's just landed. It's just touched down on the surface of the planet Mars. Have you seen this? Yeah. So exciting. I saw it's seven-month-long mission, and it's got that little porthole grey picture like it's on a ship and it's just arrived I on like, Mars. Because the first picture was quite good, but then the second picture was really boring, and they attached it with a comment that said, oh, it's just dusty. It's just a <laughs> dusty picture. And you're like, guys, it's just a shit picture, admit it. <laughs> That bit of Mars looks like every other bit of Mars. It's like, oh, what a fucking waste of money. We thought this one was going to have some flowers or something. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, I'm back now. I was was stuck in that old... You know, you just recently sent me a picture of Roger Helmer, Godfrey Bloom, Paul Burgess and David Vance. I had that tab up and I felt like I was in a Zoom call with them doing the podcast. It was a a lovely moment, but I've got to come back to reality now, which is you two. (laughs) So the Perseverance mission, I've been following it with baited eyes. (laughs) Just Uh, a maggot under each (laughs) eyeball. (laughs) um, I'm I'm a big space nerd, as you know. Uh, I've been following the 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 progress of the of the Perseverance rover mission over the past seven months. It's going to deposit a little helicopter on on Mars. Did you know that? No. It's brought what? a freaking helicopter with it. What does well, it's like gonna, a little toy open, one? Does its lid yeah. open and then the helicopter flies out the top of it? The bottom of it, actually. Oh. It has to jump off the helicopter. Helicopter's like, get out of my way, <laughs> It has to hoik up its little rover skirt and then toddle away. <laughs> and then there's a helicopter where it was. 
<laughs> like a princess hiding an egg under her dress. And she, oh, she, yeah. she looks coy and says, I don't know where that came from. <laughs> Must have been one of yours. <laughs> <laughs> but with all the focus on the the dramatic moment when the sky crane deposited the rover on the surface and the, the amount of engineering and ingenuity that went into making that happen. There was a moment about eight minutes earlier that went broadly overlooked by the public. Mm. But luckily, I was paying attention. And I've turned it in to your very own Choose Your Own Adventure. (laughs) Oh, boy, oh, boy. (laughs) So that you can recreate it inside your own brain. It's called, oh, no, a dang wasp got into the Perseverance rover, and now it's stinging all the sensors. Can you squish it with the robotic arm before it ruins the mission? You are the mission coordinator at NASA's Jet Propulsion Laboratory in California. And today is the most important day of your entire week, because today is a day the $2.7 billion Perseverance rover completes its seven-month and 300-million-mile journey to Mars. In less than eight minutes, the six-wheeled robot will begin its violent descent into the upper fringes of the Martian atmosphere, blasting through the rarefied air at over 12,000 miles per hour on its mission to collect valuable scientific data from the rust-red precipice of Jezero Crater. I love the amount of facts I've just learned. <laughs> yep. <laughs> if this sophisticated one-ton rover, as another one for you, is to stand any chance of surviving its dangerous landing, absolutely nothing can go wrong. The special phone on your desk that's especially for when a dang wasp got into the rover starts to ring. <laughs> Do you? A, pick it up. It might be a dang wasp got into the rover. Or B, ignore it. It might be a dang wasp got into the rover. What are you going to do? Sounds like a potential dang wasp. It does. (laughs) Got into the rover. Shall we ignore it? I think, yeah. I think if if I'm role-playing as me, then I would ignore it. And let someone else deal. I think it'd ring back. I think there'd be a failsafe mechanism that would m- try to ring me more than once if a dang wasp had got into the really got into the rover. Yeah. <laughs> you ignore the wasp phone. Every other phone on your desk immediately starts ringing. <laughs> <laughs> Do you pick up any phone? What are the different shapes of phone? One is a, an old black Bakelite rotary phone. Mm-hmm. One is one of those um, cordless phones, but the big, the big ones from the 1980s. From like Scream. So the first one's the control phone. This one is yeah. the Scream phone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the rest are uh, Alan Sugar's receptionist's phones from when she says, Mr. Sugar will see you now. <laughs> <laughs> I was hoping for She a- says it to the phone. <laughs> <laughs> Because the phone wants to see him. <laughs> and then she throws it through those big doors. Uh, I was hoping for a hamburger phone, but I'll go for control uh, phone, because I think it'll have the most audacious sound. I was hoping for a hundred washed-up Garfield phones on the beach. <laughs> you pick up the phone. Pick up the damn wasp phone, someone says on the other end of the line. <laughs> a dang wasp got into the rover. <laughs> You slam the phone down. It's NASA and, pick and up they, the wasp phone. It's NASA and they don't even have like 
call forwarding. Someone has to tell you to pick up the other phone. <laughs> call for have, you on the Wasp phone. They have got a button to ring every phone in the office. To tell you to do. <laughs> they haven't spent their money wisely. This is why Obama tried to shut them down. Fine, we'll pick up the Wasp phone. You pick up the Wasp phone. This had better not be about wasps, you growl, hoping against hope. <laughs> you tell me, comes the response from the guy on the other end of the phone whose job it is to monitor the, monitor the inside of the rover for any wasps, as all of the screens in mission control switch over to a live feed from inside the rover. A buzzing sound fills the room. It's just as you feared. Every mission coordinator's worst nightmare. A dang wasp got into the Perseverance <laughs> rover, and now it's stinging all of the delicate science sensors so that all the readouts just say, wasp, wasp, wasp. <laughs> if you don't do something right now, it's going to ruin the mission. Do you A. Squish it with the robotic arm, or B. Pause dramatically as music swells. And then squish it with the robotic arm. Well, I was about to, like, just about to say how stupid squishing it with the robotic arm is because that's outside the rover. But unfortunately, there's literally no choice in the matter. Oh, we're going to end up <laughs> swatting ourselves on the head while the yeah. wasp laughs at us. <laughs> Dramatic music. As the music swells, you realize the moment is here for you to do. <laughs> What you have been called here to I do. I assumed this was the bit you'd pre-written. <laughs> I just forgot to write a linking sentence. <laughs> but you couldn't tell, could you? <laughs> the, 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 the robotic arm has seven degrees of freedom across a series of rotary actuators situated inside three articulated joints and is controlled by carefully inputting a series of precise coordinates adjustments agreed upon four days in advance by a committee of scientific experts in the field of astrophysical telemetry in adherence with mission-critical objectives such as poking at a rock. However, these are desperate times. Underneath your desk, you have a special joystick made especially for you so that you can smash any wasps that got inside the rover. As you remove it from its glass casing, mission control falls silent. The weight of the moment, again, is coming to them too. <laughs> <laughs> okay. For this section of the Choose Your Own Adventure, I have devised a game. It's highly visual, so the readers will just have to imagine. Maybe I'll post it. I'll post it on the on the twit on the twit on the on our Twitter feed, so that they can play along as well. So pause the podcast, go check out our Twitter feed, and then you can come back. I'm going to hold up in front of you a schematic for the rover. On it, you will see a wasp. <laughs> This feels like it's going to be easy to find out where the wasp is. Oh, it's in a hall of mirrors, like all the sensors showing the wasp <laughs> in every angle. You will see an icon that indicates your the position of the robotic arm. Uh, you will see black squares, and the black squares are sensors, and you can't touch the sensors with a robotic arm. And you'll also see a crystal, which gives you extra points. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> So I'm going to hold it up in front of the my webcam and I'm going to give you, let's say, five seconds to memorize the schematic okay. and then you're going to give me 
the input instructions. Do you understand the rules of the game? No. Oh my god. <laughs> Don't screenshot it, Lug. You could see, see me lunging. You see, my hands are here. <laughs> okay. I'll give you I'll give you a decent amount of time to check this out. Here we here we go. Oh my god. Okay. Got it. Got it? Got it. Yep. <laughs> okay. You've got your joystick in your hand. Give me the first movement. Down four spaces. Down four spaces. Yeah. Okay. Oh, One, wait, are we not going for the crystal? Two. Yes. Three. I thought there was three four. spaces down. Well, I'm sure the black okay. the black doors, are, the black things are things we're not allowed to touch. Can't touch them. Oh, Joe. I wasn't looking properly at the thing. In, <laughs> hmm. In that case, okay. right four. Yeah. Logs on the joystick. I'm here for moral support. I'm behind him, giving him a little shoulder squeeze. Just be like, come on, mate. Yeah, yeah, come on. Yeah, okay. You just just try and make it entertaining while I get it right without jokes. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Up two, left one, down one. Cha-ching! You got the the jewel log. Well done. The crystal, the points crystal. The Martian points crystal. Use crystal on wasp. Fell in. (laughs) Oh, my God. You've killed the wasp. Uh, Well done. Hang on, let me get my script back up and see what happens. <laughs> what happens now? <laughs> the telltale sound of a mass spectrometer slowly crushing the exoskeleton of an unsuspecting wasp inside a Martian rover hundreds of millions of miles away fills the room, followed shortly by rapturous applause as everyone at NASA fires off the special party poppers they were saving for the landing, which is why there were no party poppers <laughs> at the landing. <laughs> you did it, boys. You saved the Perseverance mission Me. by smiting the wasp. I did it. Say you. <laughs> it was mostly long. I did it. I'm the best at a wasp. Can I see that schematic again? I've put some extra dots on it because I, I was dotting out logs. That's all right. So just ignore those. I see. Yes, I wasn't paying any attention to what you said before and got it really wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Well done, Log. You get a B rating there because you did not take the most efficient path towards the the wasp. So you used up some of the um, plutonium in the nuclear reactor that powers the arm. I thought changing directions might have... um, No, you cost more fuel to throw down because there's no... Well, it's just one one less rock that they can drill on Mars now. But you should still feel proud. You should. Without your intervention, that bad boy would have just... The bad boy being the rover would have splattered into the side of Mars like a fucking idiot. <laughs> Just emailing the word wasp over and over again back to Earth. <laughs> In smaller and smaller fonts as it runs out of battery. <laughs> oh, why haven't I jumped? Ziggy says he needs to listen to regular features. Okay. That was really fun. I thought it was going to be another really sad one, like you did for whatever that last robot was that died. The the astro one that went on the asteroid, the comet, the Philae Philae lander. And then it just tweeted and said it was dead, and you did a sad story about I'm, it dying. I'm feeling very sleepy now. I think I might just close my eyes. Don't close your eyes, Philae lander. That's how <laughs> concussion sets in. I do hate that they keep making the rovers people. Like they just said, the rover when it first landed, it was like, "Oh, I'm looking at my forever home." It's like, Shut don't up. use the language of adopted children. Like, yeah. <laughs> Mars hasn't adopted you, and if it has, it's abusive. It's gonna batter you. It's gonna throw rocks at you all the time. <laughs> it's going to cover you in a thin red dust. 
<laughs> I haven't heard about that on the news, but I'm pretty sure it's a bad thing to do to your foster children. And your actual parents put you in a rocket and sent you to a different planet. They paid literally billions of dollars for you to leave. <laughs> That's awful. It is time for the next regular feature. Seismic Scrabbles news. I need to... This is about not just me. It's about my whole family and the prospects for all of us in the Scrabbles clan. Uh, first, I've got to ask a, a setup question. Do both of you know who Sia is? Yeah, Sia. I kind of like Sia, but I'm not allowed to anymore because she made an, in, an insensitive film in which trod on the voices of autistic people, didn't she? She did. Um, well, turns out we're related. So really? That's what's happened to the Scrabbles is. <laughs> I, got this me- I got this message from my dad fairly late one night. Uh, I'll attempt to read it in his accent. (laughs) So so here's the thing. I heard on Radio 2 this week that Sia was born in Adelaide and her surname is Furler. That hit me between the eyes because my maternal grandmother was a Furler. I don't think it's a common name in South Australia, so she may be related, related in some distant way. Oh, God, you will. The, ba- <laughs> the background to Fuller is French Huguenot. One of my grandma's aunties or cousins compiled a family tree and published a book, which my auntie Mick has, which has the Furler branch in it. So basically... Your auntie we- Mick? Yeah, we've got an auntie Mick. Yeah, that's bit. fine, that's fine. <laughs> um, yeah, basically, turns out Sia's got a name that was in my family way, way back. And we had a look, and we think that my great-great-great-granddad was Sia's <laughs> great-great-great-great-granddad, which I think That means you're one thirty-tooth Sia. Yeah, I think we're fourth cousins. <laughs> or maybe further. <laughs> I'm going with fourth. Um and so, basically, I've been thinking a lot about this. I'm like, wow, that's pretty cool to be related to someone who's controversial now and everyone hates all of a sudden <laughs> in, like, the last few weeks as well. So it's, we found out just after she got cancelled, which, you know, what are you going to do And it's annoying, it? isn't it? It's one of those well-meaning things that was just tone deaf rather than evil. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, don't, I haven't even looked into that far because... Yeah. She's my sister. Um, the, um, but basically... You got her back. Yeah, I've been thinking a lot about recently one big question, which is how do I get Sia's money? Um, so what I did was I, I went to the first place that I thought would help, which is Reddit. And I posted the same question on our legal advice, our personal finance, our advice, our Ask Reddit and Wall Street bets. Um <laughs> And I wrote, title, I have just discovered that I'm related to a major celebrity. Can I have some of their money, please? (laughs) And then the text to that ask was, first off, I will not be telling you who the celebrity is. Suffice it to say that they are extremely famous. People don't like them that much anymore. And they definitely have mega bucks in the coffers, believe you me. Through some detective work on the part of my dear old father, we've worked out that I am fourth cousin to the celebrity in question. My question is this. Do they owe me money now that I am related to them? 
If not, is there some kind of way of having their money anyway? Perhaps if I said their distant grandfather had stolen it from my distant grandfather in the olden days. Please help. I really want their money if I can get it. <laughs> um, I was That was immediately removed from Ask Reddit and Wall Street Bets. So they're not helping. But legal advice, personal finance, and just regular old advice a variety of people came to my aid. I'll read you some of the, the answers I got to my question. This comes from Iridian Rangem, who says, You can't be serious. Why would they owe you money just because you may be distantly related? If you hit the lottery, would you be entitled <clears throat> would they be entitled to some of that money because you're related? I said, I'm deadly serious. If I found out I had a different dad who'd just been out there somewhere, I would expect him to give me some money for being a great son all the years he'd left me alone. This is no different. My fourth cousin should give me some money if they've already got loads. It's simple economics. And I got, <laughs> and I got minus two karma for that. So, oh, God. so I moved on. Uh, this came from a helpful user called Nepal Menator. He says, do you really think that's how money works? If I found out I'm your fourth cousin, do I get to come take some of your money? I said, you stay away from my money, Nepal Menator. <laughs> I don't know what game you're playing, but I'm pretty sure you're not my fourth cousin. This is my scheme. Keep your beak out. I got one karma for that, but I think that might just be from me. <laughs> <laughs> you start off with one karma, yes. don't you? <laughs> uh, Jasper Val wrote, lol, no. Even if they died intestate and money was distributed to their next of kin, no state statute looks out to fourth cousins. It would eschiat to the state before it went to you, and any celebrity worth that much has a will directing where their money goes, which isn't going to include you. Any claim related to actions by your great-great-grandparents is surely barred by the statute of limitations. And I wrote, what if my dear old father wrote in his will that when he dies, he wants the celebrity to give some of their money <laughs> to me? Would that work? And he just wrote, no. Uh, one person said... When did you realise you were related to Santana? And I realised it's because I was posting it under my secret Santana one, so it looked <laughs> like I was saying <laughs> Santana was my relation. I said, ha, ha, ha. This is just my throwaway account. I said, I see why you'd say that. But it's not actually Santana I'm related to, but nice try, detective. I got minus one karma for that. <laughs> Leeching karma on this fucking feature. Um... And then uh, a user who's dubbed on uh, whatever I'm on as a master advice giver, so I was pretty excited about their thing called Gone mm. Baby Thoughts, <laughs> said, <laughs> said, I saw you post this in another forum and it got taken down. On one hand, I admire your persistence in your pursuit of attention. On the other, I feel sad that this is what you think you have to do to get it. I said, well, you not, will you not help me then? It sounds like you've got a scheme. And they said, it sounds like your therapist needs to adjust your meds. I recommend starting there. I said, a meds-based scheme? Not cool. <laughs> what meds could get me really good at getting money out of greedy singers? And they said, actually, basically, they just gave me a really long, condescending thing about how I was probably mad and needed meds and was going to commit suicide. Uh, and it was just giver there. And it was just you, really mate. horrible. And so I just wrote, Please give me money. And then, <laughs> and then I was permanently banned from that forum. <laughs> so Reddit let me down. So I came up with my own scheme. This is 
what I will do. I will pretend to be the ghost of Sia's great-great-great-great-grandfather and perform a hoax. I will ride a hot air balloon to Los Angeles, where I assume Sia lives. I will find the house I assume Sia lives in, big and looks to be absolutely stuffed with chandeliers. I will zip line down onto the roof. I will tiptoe across the roof. I will drop a huge amount of flour down the chimney. I will grease myself with the fat of a goose. I will slip down the chimney, the goose fat aiding my travel and coating me in a layer of flour. I will emerge from the chimney looking like a chubby ghost. I will be wearing the clothes of long-dead French Huguenot immigrants. I will step heavily in the flower, leaving ghostly footprints of long, old, buckled shoes. I'll turn on the shower and make it steamy. I'll write, <laughs> research your still-living family and give them all a bit of money in the steamy mirror. I will smash all the milk bottles in the fridge to create the authentic ghost odour. I will turn around to see a woman who I will assume to be Sia outside of her traditional big wig. A g -g 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 ghost will say the woman who I will assume to be Sia. No, I'll say, I'm your g -g 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 grandfather with each g standing for a great. <laughs> g -g 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 Get out of here, she'll say with a broad grin and try to hug me. She'll make contact with the hug and immediately realize that A, she was stupid for trying to hug a ghost, that wouldn't work, and B, she is definitely not hugging a ghost, but a chubby man dressed as a French Huguenot. I will scream in panic. She will scream in fury. She'll chase me from room to room, but I'll keep entering one door in a corridor and emerging out of a completely different door, bamboozling Sia. I will eventually find the front door running out and saying, pay your distant family some money because they're nice, and whistling for my balloonman to pick me up. <laughs> Two weeks later, I will find out that Julianne Moore has sent $100,000 to a Spanish man who turned out to be her uncle. It was Julianne Moore the whole time. What a twist. See is still out there with all my money, and Julianne Moore's turned philanthropist because of my great haunting. You don't have to hatch a an even kookier plot to get I it. I know. I'm going to have to get really wacky with it. Yeah, this time parent trap. <laughs> I'm going to turn up dressed as Sia and say that I'm her and she's me. And she'll get really confused. Yeah, we got swapped at birth. She'll ask for my money. So are you really related to Sia? Yeah. Well, I mean, my dad thinks so. And he's smarter than me, so I'm just going to take it as yes. He certainly sounds mm. smarter than you. From the voice you gave him. I know, that's, that's exactly what he sounds like. Oh, girl. Hey, man. <laughs> has he been walking around in, like, crowns and fur coats lately? <laughs> Why? Because he's got so much seer money. <laughs> he's taking it all for himself. Sorry, when you said walking around in crowns, I, I imagine them as, like, slippers. <laughs> he's just clanking around on a couple of crowns. <laughs> when he got seer money, you can do that. Yeah, well, you, I mean, that's probably, yeah, it just, just seems easy to do. Good on him, I say. More power to him. More power to my stupid dad. <laughs> I like a regular feature, sir. You like a regular feature, too. Regular, regular feature, too. Malfunction, malfunction. No, it's time for now, regular feature. I have sunk... 70 hours into Yakuza 7, like a dragon would. Um, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. My God, that's a, that game is 
a way of losing hours from your life and funneling them into fuck all, just memories of conversations. Mm. It's um, it is very good for my speed reading because um, it I'm torn between wanting to read the conversations as they happen, but being really impatient with them. So I'm tapping X as quickly as possible and trying to glimpse keywords so, mm-hmm. th- so I can just have some idea why I'm doing what I'm going to do for the next 20 minutes, but I'm not think interested it's, enough. It's really good at not letting your brain sort of fall into a single pattern of reading as well, because it will be like one section's about real estate fraud and the next one's about adult babies, and you're like, what then- <laughs> the fuck's going on? And then, then suddenly it'll go from, yeah, it'll suddenly you're punching someone in the face and then suddenly you're dealing with their estranged relationship with their children. And like, I was just fucking kicking your face in, mate. <laughs> <laughs> you should be dead. It's the kind of thing you'd think, what with it being such a wacky game, that it is beyond parody. And me trying to do a funny version of Yakuza is redundant and onto a losing battle. I always go for the underdog. (laughs) One thing I did think, uh, although there is no gay things in Yakuza, I do get the feeling that Kasuga-san would be okay with it. Yeah. Even though he's not had the chance to be okay with it, but he's such a rad dude, I think he would be. And the only thing I'm holding on to, like a teenager, when I was used to look at celebrities and thinking... He might not hate me because I'm gay. <laughs> is the bit that when Adachi got charmed by a bodybuilder during a battle, and Adachi refused to attack the bodybuilder, and like one hard sympathy with Adachi in that situation, but also <laughs> Kasuga didn't sort of like stop the fight and say, "Please, will you punch your boyfriend? You fucking puffer." <laughs> <laughs> So, I'm not uh, moving until you punch him to death. Got, yeah, so, so the fact that he didn't stop the fight and call Adachi a puff is, makes me think that Kasuka's okay with gay. But, <laughs> so, but that's all part side to the side. That's just me looking for reasons to like this game more than I already do. But like I say, it is a wacky grab bag of missions, and I'd like to take you through my favourite mission, what I have done in Yakuza so far. So it started off... I was running down the street to avoid a time-consuming battle with some low-level homeless people, and I wasn't looking where I was going, and I must have hit an event location because suddenly the screen fades, and suddenly, and now I'm talking to a Perspex wolf. Joe, Joe. Oh, I'm doing it. Fill me with your coloured liquids, screamed the wolf. But you're beautiful the way you are, I reply, boosting my charisma and kindness. But people keep bumping into me and my joints were not glued together with the diligence of a craftsman. Fill me with coloured liquids that I might be visible to the busy citizens of Ejincho. I offered him some water from my inventory and some stamina XX, um, but none of them seemed to satisfy the wolf. I noticed him staring at my dick. You want me to fill you with my piss, I ask, boosting my intelligence. I thought you'd never ask. So I unscrew the circular lid on the wolf's head and slot my ex-Yakuza dick into his perspex fontanelle. And after three minutes of a cutscene, including a weird unskippable static shot of my face that lasts five seconds too long, I have filled the wolf with my healthy level 32 piss. That should do it, I laugh. 
and a child immediately walks into the wolf. We watch in horror as my piss sloshes onto the child's galoshes. (laughs) Mummy, that man just pissed on me in a really indirect way, says the child. The wolf replied, Fuck this, I'm off! And leaves me to fight the child's mum. After two rounds of me and my three party members absolutely wailing on this mother, we defeat her with a brutal sledgehammer animation. I'm so sorry for my rash behaviour, said the woman. My child is short-sighted and is constantly running into Perspex animals. You see, my husband is a gambling addict and lost the money we were going to spend on glasses playing mahjong. You see, I'm at my wit's end. You see, can you help? (laughs) I say yes, because I was tapping so quickly to get through the conversation that I accidentally confirmed a mission. And normally it plays music when you start a new side mission, but none played this time, which was weird. So I looked for the location of the Perspex Wolf's next mission location on my mini-map. But it turns out that that only happens at night, so I decided to finish a another mission I had on the back burner for a horny clown who wants to dry hump a mannequin. I was stood there, hands on my hips, watching the clown frotting all the bits of the mannequin I'd collected over the course of two hours and um, bruising himself against a lifeless thigh against a skip in the red light district. I said my catchphrase, now that's groovy. (laughs) By the time he'd finished, I noticed knife had fallen, so I went back to the wolf who explained his predicament. I figured out what the problem was. Your piss is healthy and hydrated and almost transparent. Maybe you should fill me with your blood. And with that, the wolf attacked me. His evasion was high because he is invisible. But I had two factors on my side in this battle. One, his scenes were not glued with the care of a craftsman. And two, I started this mission a couple of chapters after it became available, so I was totally overleveled. He was obliterated with one twat of Namba's umbrella. I'm sorry I attacked you, sighs the wolf I just killed. You see, I just really wanted to be full of a liquid that is not almost completely transparent so that people would not bump into me. And with that, the wolf's girlfriend appeared. My dear boyfriend, she said, I can see you. In fact, I sometimes think your preoccupation with being seen is what's stopping you from seeing how much I love you. You're right, said the wolf. How can I expect people to see me when I myself have been so blind? I nod my head compassionately, and the two wolves walk off together, holding paws and kissing. They're so obliviously in love that they nearly get hit by a car. This seems like a happy ending, but I don't get the sub-story complete sound effect. Bewildering. So I follow the minimap to the next spot. But it's the clown, and he's running up and down the street. Help, says the clown. I dry-humped my beautiful mannequin for three hours, but she doesn't have a fanny. Now I've got an incredible backlog of spunk with nowhere to go. Hold on a minute, says a familiar voice. Do you think you have enough spunk to fill two wolves? 
Quickly, Kasuga! Shrieks the clown. Remove their perspex, please, before I blow my load somewhere unforgivable. After a short fade to black, the two wolves are now full of the clown's blue ball backlog, and everyone gathers around to admire the thick albumen swirls inside their <laughs> unopaque bodies. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, everyone. Now we can finally cross this really busy road without looking both ways. But wait, I shouted as they crossed the road together, so very much in love. Don't you want your perspex head lids back? <laughs> to my horror, I watched both wolves get hit by an extremely slow car for precisely 100 hit points of damage. That's a really good and correct observation about the damage proportion of getting hit by a car in Yakuza 7. <laughs> it's very well observed, this. It's, it's as fact-packed as Steve's Mars mission. <laughs> and the, because this damage happened in a cutscene, the death is real this time. The wolves are fucked, and there's spunk all over the car, which does a single honk in response. Also true of when you get hit by a car. Yep. Hello, says another familiar voice. Uh, oh, it's, it's a child. <laughs> it's the boy. <laughs> the boy from He's ages ago. <laughs> he has grown up. That happens. Are those for me? <laughs> Why? It's the deep-voiced, short-sighted boy from earlier. And he thinks that the two spunky perspex skull lids are a pair of glasses. But there are no frames, says the mother in confusion. <laughs> That's right, I say. It's a fashionable new way to wear glasses. This quick thinking boosts my style stat, making me dapper. I knew you were a kind man. I shall cram them into my child's wide-open eye sockets immediately. Just remember... Don't be like wolves. Turning to camera, I say, make sure you look both ways before crossing the road. I will. He laughs. Although I'm not sure if I can see anything for all the piss and clown jizz. Kids, eh? Says the Kids, clown. Kids, eh? <laughs> Kids, eh? That's right, that's you. The colour coding went to shit in this part, I can tell you that much. <laughs> the wolf played the boy, I played the clown. Um, so, kids, eh? Says the wolf. Oh, fucking out. Jesus. <laughs> kids, eh? Says the clown, who immediately joins my party. And finally, the substory complete music plays, and I say my catchphrase. Now that's groovy. Yakuza sounds amazing. And I need to get back into it. Again. Far off. Yeah, it really is quite close to all of that. <laughs> I played it for about 20 hours and I got as far as bit got into a bin. I'm stuck in a bin now. Oh, so you haven't got even Are you are you homeless yet? I've just become homeless, which that's, I think is the beginning of the that game. That is yeah. really the beginning of the game, yeah, yeah. Also, what an amazing game that are you homeless yet is a legitimate <laughs> plot point. <laughs> Honestly, four hours in and you've reached the point where you get there. <laughs> and once you're homeless, that's where it really takes off. <laughs> like getting the jetpack in San Andreas. Well, that's it for this week's episode of the Regular Features Podcast. If you like the podcast, you can go to patreon.com forward slash regular features and support us by pledging an amount of your choosing to help us make the thing that we like to do. 
In exchange for that, we will bestow upon you your very own personalized from the mouths of babes. A couple of babes right here. B names. Beep names. Could you please give a B name to Sam Beardsmore? I'm on B strike. No B names from me this week. Why are you on B strike? Um, I have yet to think of a reason why that would fit the terms and conditions of my B contract. No, you cannot withhold your B labor, not to belabor the point, but you cannot withhold your B labor. All right, I'm you've you've broken this strike, you fucking B Pinkerton. (laughs) (laughs) You're so scabby. (laughs) Cough up a B name, Sam Beardsmore. Sam. Come on, beard. What's a beard got to do with bees? Never shit in a pram full of bees. <laughs> Perfect. Please give a bee name to Paul Finneran. How many bees can you finner in your asshole? <laughs> nice. And finally, please give a bee name to Reese Wilson. Bees in my son. Will you, yeah, I was going to say, will your son have the dick of a bee stinger? Yeah, but it has to be said with that tune, so it won't work on Twitter. I think yeah, that's another think successful we, week of bee names. I think, yeah, we, we fulfilled our end of the bargain admirably there. Thank you to all the readers. Thank you, one and all. We'll be back next week with another episode of the Regular Features Podcast. Hoochie Mama. Oh, yeah. Hoochie Mama. Oh, oh, oh.